Hey everybody, welcome to Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Andrew. I'm Tara. And this is part 34 in our 3,726 part series, wherein we select a movie at random from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, uh, watch it, do some research, and then tell you what we thought and learned. We have one cardinal rule. We must watch whatever movie we randomly select, as long as neither of us have ever seen it. We are honor-bound to all of you to do the wondrous task of watching the movie. We took a blood oath with you all. You guys yep. probably don't remember. Yeah, we, we did knock you out beforehand, yeah. so you probably don't remember it. But, you know, that day you woke up when you're like, oh, I feel like someone pricked my finger. Well, that was us. You're that, welcome. That was, yeah. Fin finger. Yeah. That's... Anyway, um, so... <laughs> uh, we do have a couple other rules that will invoke as needed. Um, if you're curious, you can check them out on our website. Yeah, and uh, last episode we watched Magnificent Obsession. Um, it was not magnificent, and neither of us are obsessed about it. No, no, I think it was a false bill of goods in all regards. Although, one thing that it was kind of funny is that uh, when I was going back to edit the episode, I realized that we totally were confused by the way that the book <laughs> described it, where they said that uh, the lessons from being preached in that movie came from a man who lived 2,000 years ago who died on a tree. It's like, just just say Jesus, all right? And like, well, I think, Terry, you mentioned that, uh, you know, we're not the most um, Yeah, we're not biblical scholars here, no. as I think we've well established in our podcast. Got us, we were both um, really excited. We are like, ooh, a man dying on a tree? Is it like some kind of ghost movie? And, and kind of, but... Not really. There's so, not really a ghost. We were expecting per some se. weird science fiction term. <laughs> at least I was. I don't know. I can't speak for you necessarily, <laughs> but it's like this is gonna get weird pretty quickly. But <laughs> never got that weird. Nope. Change, Just how weird someone can suddenly change personalities. Yeah, immediately. Uh, so shame on you, Scarecrow. Shame on you for making us feel like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault, not ours. <laughs> Well, this week it is Andrew's pleasure to select a movie. Close your eyes. Stop. We're watching Joe Dirt. No. <laughs> Andrew. No. <laughs> what have you oh, done? God. Watching a movie that stars David Spade, Christopher Walken, Kid Rock, Adam Beach, Brittany Daniel, and Dennis Miller. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, fuck. Okay. Good news is it's only 91 minutes long. It's supposed <laughs> to be 91 fun-filled minutes, I'm uh, sure. When I worked at the movie theater, we had <laughs> that, so I've seen bits and pieces. So here is how a Scarecrow video describes Joe Dirt. Strap in. Uh. I like Spade. He's a funny guy. And because he is a funny guy, he makes Joe Dirt, a silly kind of stupid movie, actually, actually pretty fucking funny. Joe, a big-hearted redneck with a mullet wig fused to his skull, is working as a janitor in a radio station when an asshole DJ decides to have him tell his story on the air simply to make fun of him. As Joe tells the story, however, from when he was, quote, accidentally, unquote, left at the Grand Canyon by his parents, all the way to his budding romance with the backwoods hottie Brandy, and the discovery that his deadbeat parents are wanks, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Joe goes from being the butt of a joke to a source of inspiration. 
retaining his optimism and good nature through all of this shit. Yeah, it's corny, but it feels good and has a lot of giggles along the way. Joe Dirt is my guilty pleasure. Well, okay. I don't feel as worried about it as I did 45 seconds ago. Well, we'll see how worried you are about it in a few minutes after we come back having watched Joe Dirt. Nope, still sounds bad. <laughs> uh, okay, we're back. We're back. Thank uh, God we made it to the other side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Joe Dirt. We, we watched it. We watched it. We have thoughts about it. Yep. We found out that we have friends who like Joe Dirt, so hopefully they Forgive will still us. be friends with us after they listen to this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just... Do our rating. Do you have a rating in mind? I've definitely got a rating in mind. How okay. about you? I've, I've got a rating in mind. All right. All right. So we've got a five-point scale uh, ranging from don't watch at the bottom to maybe don't watch to, eh, to maybe watch. And then at the, uh, the pinnacle, don't not watch. And so on the count of three, we will reveal our rating. One, two, three. Maybe uh, don't watch. That's valid. It's a valid choice. Like yeah. I said, uh, and I am grading on a generous curve when I gave it an A. Uh, yeah. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a good movie. Let's just say that up front. Yeah, there are a lot of things I didn't like about the movie. I will say there were a couple of jokes that I genuinely enjoyed. Yeah, there are. So there's maybe like, I think, five jokes that I thought were pretty good. Yeah. Which is better than I expected, going yeah, in. Yeah, totally, totally. I didn't expect <clears throat> to laugh at all. So, good job at that. Yep. Uh, I like David Spade, so yep. giving points for that. Yep, yep. But overall, it's not a very good movie. Yeah, so, not, not our, our favorite movie. Yeah. And I think a lot of people around our age might have a soft spot for it just because of maybe the age they were when they saw it or maybe people a little bit younger than us there's a period of your life where you see something and you might like it for whatever reasons and taste change you know taste change and then you might have some fondness for something and for those of you who have a soft spot for this movie maybe don't go back and watch it and just like let it bask in that nostalgic glow yeah like i mentioned earlier it was uh, playing in the theater that i worked at at the time that it was released so i got to watch like the credits of it about 30 times probably <laughs> in the course of cleaning movie theaters i might have seen like bits and pieces of it when i was going through the theaters or whatever but yeah did not feel driven to watch the, the whole thing and i got yeah. to see movies for free right yeah i mean this was like and the point in my life where there was not much else you could do hanging out with friends if you weren't gonna hang out at a home like at somebody's house or 
you know, something like that, one of the few options we had open was going to see crappy movies. And this was one of the crappy movies we didn't go see at the time. Right. And I certainly saw my share of, of shit. <laughs> so, with that being said, if somebody were to come up to me like, hey, should I watch Joe Dirt? Which nobody's ever going to do, I hope. Uh, <laughs> but if somebody came up to me and asked that theoretically, I'd be like, probably not. You're probably fine. If you're going through a Clockwork Orange style, eyes being forced to open, strapped to a chair, and they're showing you Joe Dirt for some reason, then... You know, there are worse things that they could show you. There, there's worse things, for so... sure. So... Yeah, maybe don't go seek it out of your own volition. Right, right, right. But we're not going to judge you too harshly if you if you genuinely like this movie. Yeah, people like what they like. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just a few exceptions, not not for us. Yep. Um, so I guess we'll just get into the, the plot. I, I think it's not going to be a surprise that almost everything in this movie is totally, totally implausible. So it's a ridiculous plot. It sets that precedent right from the outset totally. when they tell you that the reason why he has that ridiculous mold is because it's a wig that covers up the crack in his skull. Like it's a special wig that his mom... Like had fused onto his skull. Yeah, so just right out of the gate letting you know. Like, oh, this is... <laughs> yeah. It's going to be totally, totally ridiculous. Yep. So we meet our hero, Joe Dirt, who is working as a janitor at a radio station in L.A. He's got a bit of a vendetta against the parking lot guard. And just other goons that work in the building. They just are... Yeah. Pretty much that's going to... Giving each other a hard time. Going to be a running theme through this movie is people picking on Joe Dirt. Right. Yeah, it's just a con- kind of like a constant until... Most of the way through. Right. Uh, so he's just at the radio station trying to do some mopping and, and whatever when the producer for a show uh, sees him in the hallway and decides, we need to get this guy on the air immediately. Which, you know, that definitely happens. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, talk radio is garbage. Of uh, course. Speaking of somebody who listens to a lot of talk radio, like, back around that era that era make it sound like it's <laughs> um that grand era yeah the olden days of talk radio <laughs> but like i listen to a lot of talk radio and it it's largely trash awful. trash yeah yeah uh, so it's not that part's not totally impossible that they'd see some weirdo and drag right. him in but everything else yeah 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 he gets pulled into the studio and there's the DJ, Xander Kelly, who uh, was played by Dennis Miller, and he just kind of starts grilling Joe Dirt about his life and how he ended up where he's at. Yeah, and first, I guess we should just take this uh, moment to say, fuck Dennis Miller. He's horrible, <laughs> like, just obnoxious. I feel like he probably, like, ad-libbed a lot of the stuff that he said in the movie like a lot of his lines i felt were probably ad-libbed because there was stuff like he references the andromeda strain at some point yeah and i feel like that's probably not something that david spade would have necessarily written i don't know maybe it was who knows who am i to say what david spade would or would not write but right just especially knowing that he's a real conservative dickbag yeah uh just his marminess like he's i think the actual conservative version of what uh, conservatives think, like, liberal elites are like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that's our political minute there, so. <laughs> Please, uh, remember to like and subscribe to our podcast. 
Uh, anyway, yeah, Dennis Miller just is a jackass and a creep, and he, he plays that role uh, very convincingly in the movie. Yeah, yeah, so good job with the casting there. If you wanted to get someone who uh, grated on your nerves. Yeah. Good job. And, and uh, I mean, to be fair, like, shock jock radio hosts were all awful, too, so it's, it's appropriate casting, but it still doesn't make you hate him any less. So Joe starts telling his life story about how he got that horrible mullet wig, and then when he was eight years old, his parents and sister left him behind at the Grand Canyon. He doesn't know exactly what happened, but he was there messing around in a garbage can, and all of a sudden his parents were gone. So he gets thrown into the foster care system where he details several awful families he had to live with. So he goes through this, and he's a troublemaker too, so it's not like he was an innocent kid who's just like getting shat on eventually growing up and traveling around um and he stumbles on this town called silvertown that is just kind of like an idyllic little spot where he decides to live for a while yeah he meets uh brandy this girl when he finds her dog uh has frozen its testicles to her front porch. Ooh, hilarious like, joke. Oh. Oh. And there's a couple of scenes of him trying to pull the dog off and the dog's testicles stretching. It's just so, oh, 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 that's it's such a good hilarious. joke. Hilarious. <laughs> and like, when Brandy yeah. comes out and she's like, oh, how can I help? Should I go get something? And then she comes back with like a pair of like huge... Clippers. Clippers. It's like, oh, she's going to cut the dog's balls off. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but uh, he and Brandy start hanging out a whole lot. The, like, there's some romantic tension that he is too dumb to really pick up on. Brandy's dad is like this awful alcoholic. One day he decides he wanted to go hunting. So he grabs the dog and on the way he gets his foot stuck in a railroad track. And he tells the dog to go off and get help. He doesn't get help, <laughs> surprisingly, because he's a dog. And the guy loses his leg in, when a train runs him over. So he's pissed off that the dog didn't get help, and he shoots the dog dead. Yeah. So at that point, that's kind of like the impetus for Joe to decide, okay, maybe it's time for me to move on for a little while and try and find my parents. So he's... Heading out, and then this meteor comes crashing down, and you think, oh, is this going to be like a creep show, or Jordy Barrel <laughs> kind of getting meteor shit on his... Yeah. Um, Ugh, meteor shit. <laughs> classic, classic <laughs> Stephen King performance. Yeah, that's what we're hoping seek for. Seek it out. See, seek it out, yeah. <laughs> creep show. He finds this meteor that crashes to Earth, and he's like, I'm going to bring you with me. It's just going to be you and me, meteor. And so he's like dragging the meteor around with him, and then eventually he goes into a town and sees a Oh, there's like a essayer there. I'm not gonna sell you, but maybe I should just find out what you're worth. And uh, the the essayer is like, "Oh, this is actually just frozen poop from an airplane." See, there's a there's a peanut there Ugh. in it. And the one thing that was kind of funny, one of the things that I thought was kind of funny, was uh, David Spade kind of looks shiftily around. He's like, "It's a space peanut." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was one of the five. Um, but he abandons the meteor uh, after learning out that it's just poop. So again, funny, it's, it's frozen poop. He's, uh, poop. He continues on, and he's kind of walking down a, a dusty road when he comes across a lonely fireworks stand run by a guy named Kicking Wing. So he's unsuccessful at uh, selling fireworks because 
All he offers are snakes and sparklers. Everybody's favorite fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> so this was, I think, my ultimate favorite joke in the movie yeah. was David Spade being like, You're going to stand there owning a fireworks stand and tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes, no spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, honky lighters, hoosker doos, hoosker don'ts, cherry bombs, nips of dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser? Now let us explain to you why that's funny. <laughs> the best part, when you have to explain why a joke is funny to somebody. But no, I mean, why a joke is funny. <laughs> yeah. Who's for you, uh, if you don't know, is a pretty influential punk band for like the 80s, early 80s. Yeah. So... It's a good, good joke. Who's who do's and who's who don'ts. Yep. Um, pretty, pretty good. So he and Kicking Wing uh, kind of decide to travel together for a bit. And then there's a scene where they find what looks like uh, atomic bomb buried in the ground. And uh, he takes this uh, like uh, atomic bomb that they find laying in the ground. And he goes back to the Grand Canyon and is like, I need a list of everybody that was here on this particular day. Like all their license plates or whatever. And it's not an atomic bomb. It's like a septic tank shaped like an atomic bomb that's full of poop. Again, it's, like it's, uh, it's funny. Uh, uh, of course, it, it breaks open as he's strapped to it, threatening everybody. And he gets poop all over him. It's, oh, he's covered in gross poop, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, oh boy. Besides. Woo! Yeah, Oof. laughing too much. Um, so it's just dumb. Yeah. So he gets this list of people who apparently visited the Grand Canyon on the day he was left there. And so he starts trying to hunt down the people on the list and and see if any of them happen to be his family. So he goes to Indiana where he meets Buffalo Bob. Um, So it's definitely a play on Silence of the Lambs. Timely. Very timely joke. Uh, Yeah. And he gets... uh, When did Silence of the Lambs come out? 1991. One, maybe? It's definitely... Yeah, good call. Good call. Yep, so ten years earlier. Yeah. So very timely joke. Very, very timely. So from there, he moves on to another town in Louisiana and starts working as a janitor at a high school with a, another guy called Clem Dorr. And it's pretty obvious that the guy is originally from New York, but he keeps saying he's from Louisiana, like yeah. born and bred. It's, it's Christopher Walken. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're working at the high school together they become friends one day a kid has an accident in the science lab and so clem rescues this classroom of children and the teacher and people show up basically trying to make sure that he gets recognized as a hero for saving all these kids and he freaks out and is like no it wasn't me it was this guy joe dirt joe ends up uh, at a press conference and he uses the opportunity to try and put the word out about finding his parents. And then at the very end of it, he admits it wasn't him who saved the children. It was this guy, Clem. And he pulls up a photo. Like, this is the guy you should be thanking. And it's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. And then the next thing you see is a bunch of mobsters busting into Clem's house and seemingly murdering him, shooting a bunch of guns and, and what have you. So then we, we see, like, Joe Dirt coming up to his house the next day, and there's, like, a, a crime scene set up. There's crime scene tape and police officers and everybody around there is like, what's happening? He's like, oh, yeah, he got 
murdered pretty badly. Like he's pretty badly, pretty, pretty badly murdered. <laughs> you know, so they did a real he, murder job. On him. You know, it was like a real murder. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those pretty bad murders. Yeah, it's not murders. one of those kind of gentle murders. No, this person <laughs> really just wanted to get in there and murder the guy. So murder him right up. Murdered him up, and um, and so he, he's like, "Oh, can I have him in it alone with the body?" And he, the cops like, "Sure, whatever." And he's talking. As cops do, you know. yeah, and yeah. Uh, so he's talking to what he thinks is the corpse, and then talking about how hot uh, Clem's wife was, and then the the corpse starts getting a boner under the sheet. And it's like, <laughs> That's uh, funny because it's a corpse, but he's, but he's got a boner. Yeah, except except he's not dead. He's just pretending to be dead. Yeah. To get back into the witness relocation program. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go off to Silvertown. So you made it sound really great. I'm going to go live there. So goodbye. And then there's a scene where he moves on and he's working at a gator. Gator farm. Gator farm, yeah. I guess. Something like that. And, and he's friends with the lady that owns it. And then he he's like, I'm going to put on the gator show. I'm going to go show these people what's what with the gators. And he gets chomped right up. And as a result of getting bitten and thrown around by the alligator he has a flashback where he remembers his family's yeah, last name because it's not dirt surprisingly he, enough. right his father just named him joe dirt because he was a piece of shit i guess is the, the reasoning behind that and so he, he remembers his family's actual last name and he tracks down their house and it's just totally run down ruined so then at that point he decides his parents are long gone and there's probably no point in him trying to continue looking for them so joe decides he's going to return to silvertown to be with brandy uh so once he shows up he runs into robbie the town creep creep um played by kid rock yeah so robbie our 48th president kid our, rock. yep <laughs> uh, so robbie it, it, it was established pretty early on in the movie he's got a thing for brandy and so he's jealous of joe dirt being so close to her so Robbie tells Joe that Brandy had found Joe's real parents, but had asked Robbie not to tell Joe. Robbie pulls out a note from Brandy showing she actually said, don't tell Joe I found his parents. Then he runs off and he's distraught. And then that, that was another one of the things that was funny was uh, Kid Rock calls after him. He's like, where are you going? You're going to go get some Wahlburgers and French fries? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that's pretty uh, good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Going back to the present day, Dennis Miller's character, the radio shock jock, Xander, decides he wants to get Brandy on the line and find out if this is what really went down. They call and she says, yes, that's true. She'd written this note telling Robbie not to tell Joe that she found his real parents, but it was because she wanted to tell Joe in person, but never had the chance. So on the phone call, Brandy tells Joe that his parents were killed the day they went to the Grand Canyon and that's why he was left there. And then she begs Joe to come back to Silvertown. But Joe's pretty upset. And so he leaves the studio and there's just a, a mass of a huge audience of people out in front that are just cheering him on. So enamored they are of his life story for some reason. Throughout the movie, we see brief shots of people crowding around the radios and listening to him. It's like, As you do. That doesn't happen. <laughs> like even... There's never been a period in my life where I've seen anybody do that. Come on, guys, let's gather around the radio and talk about this. I mean, the closest that I came to that actually was in 2001 when 9-11 happened. That's like the only time I remember seeing anybody gather around radio, and it was when I was at my job. 
we weren't quite gathered. We were like in a room with a radio on, like all listening to the news. But yeah, that's the closest I've ever come to experiencing anything like that. And obviously, just the story of Joe Dirt is on par uh, with, uh, with with the tragedy, tragedy of nine eleven. Of course. Again, remember to like and subscribe our, to our podcast, please. Woo. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so moving right along. <laughs> anyway, so um, so he goes out and he sees that there, you know, like, there's this huge crowd waiting for him and cheering for him, and he becomes a celebrity somehow. Yeah. Like being on this losers radio show and telling his sad life story has transformed him into a, a superstar, and they end up showing him on TRL with Carson Daly. This lady calls in and is like, "His parents aren't dead. I'm his mother. I'm right here. I saw his father just just now. I'm his mother," and. They're like, oh, this lady's crazy, whatever. She's just trying to get attention. And then she says something really specific that Joe Dirt recognizes as being something that only his mother would say. That's not even that uncommon a phrase. It's, what, you want Jesus to see you like this when he comes back or something like that. Something so like it's not, those lines, yeah. It, it could, could still have been a crazy lady, but... Right, uh, who just happened to say the same phrase. Right, but he feels that this is actually his mother that's on the phone and so he goes to meet up with her and his father and they're living in a shitty trailer and they are obviously not interested in being parents to him like they deliberately left him at the grand canyon and they just start seizing on this opportunity to uh, promote the, the clown figurines that they made and so joe realizes this pretty quickly and he gets upset and he storms off and decides that he's gonna go throw himself off of a bridge and he's got this audience of people following him, police and, and media, and they're all just trying to talk him down. And then Randy shows up and tells him, you know, your, your home is with uh, me in Silvertown. That's the family you need or whatever. And wasn't that what he was thinking anyways? Like, he, right. that was his intention. <laughs> just like... That happened as an intention, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I'll go back to Silvertown and, and live with you. The end. Uh, except then he inadvertently gets bungee jumped off a bridge and smacks his head on the underside of it. He gets knocked out and then cuts to him waking up back in Silvertown in a bed with uh, his head all bandaged up. Randy is there and Kicking Wing is there and Clem and whatever the alligator farm lady yeah. her name was. She and Clem have gotten married. Let's all be a family now. No, you know, we had to get rid of that old, uh... Mullet. Old mullet skull replacement piece that you had so they, they replace it with this other one and he unwraps the bandages on his head and it's like a rastafarian wig it's like oh, oh yeah uh but then they they are like let's go let's get out of here and they are all getting into the car uh, to go out for a drive and robbie comes speeding up and this is the other one of the other things that's yes. really funny is that and he, like robbie is constantly racing and pulling up alongside them and every time that he does this it happens like four or five times in the movie He's always listening to You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet by Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Kid Rock's surprisingly not awful in this movie. Like no. It's a very small part, and yeah. I had low expectations, but he, he surpassed them, so yep. well done. Well done, well Kid done. Rock. You did it. Robbie's being a shit to them, as usual, and they're like, fuck this. We don't need to put up with this bullshit from you anymore, Robbie. You're a jerk. And they peel out of there, and, and everybody's happy. Hooray, the end. Hooray. Until the sequel, which... Which apparently there's a sequel there's that a sequel. was released just a few years ago. Yeah. Like three years ago? Right, yeah, 2015. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, Joe Dirt, that is it. That is our... That's all we have. That's all we wrote. <laughs> That's all she wrote. Like I was saying, it, it's it's got some good moments in it. 
it falls victim to what a lot of movies from Saturday Night Live cast members have done, especially like character focused ones where it's just yeah. like, here's a bunch of scenes and it's a very loose overarching plot and just like the, uh, the radio station. It's just a way to the, drive the, the plot right. forward. I mean, I, I kind of appreciate that they tried to do something other than like just the typical follow someone through his life. They're throwing a lot of stuff at the walls and trying to see what sticks. And like I said, there's like five things in the movie that stuck for us. Yeah. But there's just, there's a lot of stuff that just is like, that, like, there's a lot of really casual homophobia in the movie. Yeah, and on top of it, misogyny. Yeah, well that probably goes without <laughs> yeah. saying. Joe Dirt's supposed to be this nice guy. There's one point when he's threatening the Grand Canyon Visitor Center to give the information oh, yeah, over just... who visited, and he, like, is telling everybody it's a bomb. So while everybody's freaking out, he tells one woman to lift up her shirt. Give him a show. Yeah. And she does, and it's just like, oh, no. That's uh, cool. That's great. <laughs> Honey. So, ah, ha, ha, ha. Uh, she had a show on her boobs. Yeah. Oh, boy. Because she was afraid she might die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna just going to start with, uh, well, actually, the hit segment of our podcast where I make fun of uh, people that posted stupid shit on the IMDb page in the, the goofs section. And uh, there's a lot of that for this movie. Oh, it, it just, it was... Just a bunch of, I'm going to assume, dudes who are correcting all the car errors that are in the movie. There's like seven or eight at least posts and people are like, well, it's actually not that car. This is that kind of a car. And this car wouldn't have that thing on it. It would be blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, this yeah. wasn't a documentary, right? Yeah, Guys? I mean, just <laughs> there was like one recurring thing throughout the movie where Joe Dirt was like super into Auto Trader magazine and he really wanted a Hemi. And so, you know, there were some talks about cars in the movie, and yeah, there was like a million dudes, well, actually, all over IMDb about yeah. the cars. And it's like, they're right, I mean, yeah, you, you might be technically correct. I uh, dispute Futurama's claim that that is the best kind of being correct, but uh, <laughs> what do you want? I mean, what are you getting out of that? Just like the pride of being right on the internet? Right, um, yeah. Like... <laughs> You think about what you did, David Spade. You got a fact about a car wrong in your movie. I hope you <laughs> I want you to sit down and think about that. Think long and hard long about and hard. the mistakes you've made. Yeah. They're imagining a single tear trickling down his face as he reads the <laughs> goof section. I messed up so bad. This car wouldn't have gone for this many dollars. This issue of Auto Trader wouldn't have stuff that's this expensive in it. It's like fucking... Ugh. Well, yeah, if you look at the date of this Auto Trader magazine, yeah. it says this. It's just, like, super pedantic stuff. Give them a little bit more of a pass with the car stuff, but, like, people, like, criticizing the Auto Trader issues in addition. Go outside or something. Yeah. And I'm saying that as somebody who doesn't go outside ever, but I'm telling you <laughs> to go outside and not post shit like that. Uh, so one thing I saw that I just have to share because it, it was so awful to me. Apparently, Dennis Miller on his radio show was saying that he'd yet to see the movie, but that someone told him there was a scene where fecal matter falls from an airplane and hits someone on the head. And because of that, this might not be his type of movie to watch, but he likes that it gives him, quote, cachet with his kid's friends, end quote. Yeah. Uh, just like... Barf, yeah. barf, barf, barf. You are a sack of garbage, Dennis Miller. Well, I would never watch a movie like that, but kids like it, so I guess it makes me cool, right, kids? Right, like, kids? I'm cool. No. <laughs> no, you're not. 
Oh, so uh, there's a sequel to Joder that just came out, but we'll kind of circle back around to that in a second because I wanted to talk about how they tried to make mm-hmm. a Joe Dirt animated series. Right. Like in the like 2010, 2011, sometime around then. Yeah, they were going to try to get that put on TBS. So there's this quote from some guy in charge of programming at TBS that just reads as though he was saying all this while he had a gun pointed at his head. David Spade is a hugely popular comic talent who has created a funny yet lovable character in Joe Dirt. We look forward to seeing how he and his fellow writers and producers take this character in new directions as TBS continues exploring the world of primetime animation. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, he was that's... not looking forward to seeing <laughs> how they took the character in new directions. Yeah, um, and we'll just, we'll never get to know what crazy new animated directions they were going to take that to. He was going to go to space at some point, I would imagine. End of the sea, probably. Mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed when we were watching the movie is that there was like a good period of time where every minute contained clips of song after song after song being used. Yeah. And when I looked at the Wikipedia page, I saw at least 25 different songs listed on the soundtrack. How many songs can we try to get into this movie? Right. It's a short movie. And so to have just like that many songs playing during the movie stands out weirdly. Yeah, it did. I think they're trying to go for like the Southern rock audio aesthetic or whatever by doing that. But it's still just like, just ease up a little bit, dudes. Right. I think we got the point. Yeah. We didn't need to have like 10 of these songs. Like it opens up with Sweet Home Alabama for fuck's sake. You could have just ended it right there. (laughs) Like, okay, get it. Done. You've set the stage. So, the sequel. Oh, okay. Let's get into that. 14 years later, the, the sequel comes out. Joe Dirt, Beautiful Loser. And it seems like it's like a Austin Powers spy who shagged me type thing. Like, he travels back in time somehow. Christopher Walken is in it again because apparently, like, when people were coming up to him on the street, Joe Dirt was the movie that they would talk to him about. Like, that's sad. Of everything like, of his that career. he's done. Yeah. Right. A couple of the things I saw is that this was the first ever made-for-digital sequel. In fact, it was Sony who ended up picking up the film because they noticed it would become a trending topic anytime it came on TV, and they thought it would help them build their Crackle platform, which obviously was uh, a success. Yeah. Everybody knows Crackle. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, before that happened, David Spade was getting offers from both the UFC president, Dana White, and Kid Rock to help him finance a sequel. There were some people out there clamoring for a sequel. Most of those people having been involved in the first one. Right. Does anybody watching anything on Crackle? I, like, vaguely remember Crackle being a thing, but I don't... Like, yeah. Let me just look it up Is it quickly. even still available? I don't think it is. I wonder if this was, like, the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Just trying to explain that to investors. <laughs> you sunk money into what? <laughs> 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 well, well, it looks like it's still... Still going? Up. Weird. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe this is what's kept them afloat. Yeah, we got Crackle Originals that look all what? pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, um, yeah, the Crackle's still around. Uh, Joe Dirt 2 did not sink them, so... <laughs> Good? Yeah. I guess. People didn't lose their jobs because of Joe Dirt 2, so... Yeah. Um, I guess the last thing I wanted to mention at least to you mm. if not to everybody okay but uh, everybody turn your podcast down right now tara's got a special message just for me so on amazon prime uh-huh. no, on amazon <laughs> someone left a, a review of this 
back in October, like this past October. It's a five-star review. And they say, quote, You don't have to be a fan of David Spade to appreciate this movie. I have to admit it is funny. Not great, but funny. Five stars. Five stars. The best part about it is the username is I buy crappy stuff. Uh, <laughs> probably just somebody who doesn't understand like five stars means that it's the best movie you've ever seen. Okay, I think that's good. Yeah. So you can uh, keep on top of our episode releases and things like that if you uh, set up or like our Facebook group, uh, Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. Or you can take a look at our website, TaraAndAndrewVerses.com. If you have any feedback, of course, uh, you can send that to us. We would greatly appreciate hearing from you. Uh, email address is TaraAndAndrewVerses, so I'll spell it out, at gmail.com. And then, um, yeah, you can subscribe, if you've not already, to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all of your podcast delivery systems. Whatever you want to do that, we're not going to judge. That's, that's up to you. No, yeah. It's your business, not ours. Yeah, but you know, if you are enjoying, feel free to let some friends know who might be interested to check us out. Yeah. So I want to say thank you to the fantastic Seattle band Boat for allowing us to use their song lately off of the album Setting the Paces. Thank you, Boat. Thank you, Boat. And then lastly, as always, we want to just highly encourage any listeners to go out and support your local video stores, local independent video stores like Scarecrow. If you're in Seattle, there's other stores out there. If you're not in Seattle, they're a dying breed. Scarecrow in particular is really one of a kind just with the uh, selection they have there. And so they deserve and would appreciate your support. Yeah. Well, until next time, catch Catch you later, later, potato potato heads. heads.